right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Better Each Day podcast radio show with Bruce Hilliard. Today and every day, reaching out for innovative ideas in every way. Yeah, Today's show is yeah. brought to you by your future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. Ooh, make a better stay now, baby. Thank you, Matthew McConaughey, for the words of wisdom. Today's guest is Tom Tika of The Impersonators, part of a duo with lyricist Auntie Atio of Finland. We're featuring their new single, Cloud Nine, and another one that I took a liking to called Broken Snow. Cloud Nine's the big one. I like Broken Snow. If you don't like it, get your own show. I don't care. You're getting a little bit irritable here. You've been shut in. I don't like it any better than you do. All right. Anyway, here is Tom Tika talking about the new record and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. From Finland, the impersonator's Tom Tika. I'm in Finland now. I uh, I, grew, I grew up like like um, when I was a little kid. Uh, we lived in Finley, Ohio. Um, and then we moved to San Francisco. And then 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 later on, I uh, as a grown-up, I lived in Chicago for five or six years and I was uh, I was 30 when I moved to Finland permanently, so so quite late in life. What did your parents do? Why were you moving around like that? Uh, my 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 dad. Um, well, it's actually a funny story. My dad my my dad imported uh, American tires. He, I mean, he was the guy who brought him to Finland. Uh, Cooper Tires. That's how we ended up in Finley, Ohio. Oh. But I mean, it, it, it's a long story involving my parents, and they don't really like me that, like that I talk about them in the interviews. So, okay, <laughs> so no, my mom's funny. My, my Finns are weird that way, you know. It's kind of like I could say like I have the best mom in the world, and she'd be like, "Did you have to bring me up?" No. <laughs> and so that's okay. that's cultural. That's a cultural difference. A huge cultural difference. I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. All right, Bob. I'll cut you out of the interview then. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I know. So how long have you been playing music? Yeah, I think uh, ever since I was six, that's when I started. And you were influenced um, I, by Beatles, um, I, Beach Boys, well, Birds. Well, the first, the very first, yeah, all of that. The first <laughs> influence was Paul Anka, believe it or not. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah he was Yeah, I, it was, yeah, I mean, I, I was six. My dad had a tape, Greatest Hits. Yeah. And I remember uh, we went to get gas. My dad went inside to pay. I stayed in the car, listened to the tape. Lonely Boy came on. And that was one of the first times that I ever stopped what I was doing. And it resonated with me. I just realized that, hey, I'm understanding something. Uh, it, it Somehow it, it, it felt like it, I couldn't read yet, but it was a book that I could read, if you know what I mean. I realized that my dad wasn't hearing a lot of the stuff I was hearing. I noticed the double track, tracked vocals and the uh, harmonies and things like that. Um, and uh, I was a bit, I was six, by the way, which is weird because I, I have kids that are six and their attention span is very limited. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's awful to say. I love my kids. Um uh, but I remember going home. Um, I asked my dad, you know, can I get the tape? You know, because I had a tape player in my room, and I, I, I took the tape upstairs with me, and, and I, I don't know, I must have played it two hundred times or something. I, Lonely Boy, over and over again. Uh, and I don't know what it was about that song. Most people listen to Diana and whatever, um, but Lonely Boy 
it is just, that was the uh, starting point for me. I just realized that I wanted to, uh, I wanted to write, and it's weird somebody being six once again, but you know, I, I don't know why. I remember that vividly. I did that too. Yeah, I always look at myself as kind of a weirdo for doing that too. Uh, but Paul Anka was—he wrote a lot of songs. In fact, I believe he wrote the theme song from the Tonight Show when Johnny Carson was on it. Really? Yeah. Right. Yeah, you would never think, well, yeah, that, that must be a Paul Anka song, <laughs> you know. No. no, I mean, that's what he did. He, he wrote a lot. I mean, he, he wrote a lot of great tunes. I mean, uh, it, it's kind of weird, though, because, you know, my era is the early 90s and um, or the 90s. And 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 but 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 the stuff that inspired me to write uh, is the stuff from the 60s, because that's what my parents parents were listening um and and that's how the beatles the birds and the beach boys and the rolling stones kind of that's where they come in and um i mean i still think the beatles are the best band in the whole universe i, I that hasn't changed yeah i've met like one in a million people that don't care for the beatles but it's so rare and i don't even ask them why i mean music's so subjective it's like whatever you know they Got some pretty good, yeah, some pretty good matter. songs. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, it doesn't matter to me. So tell me about your songwriting process. I've seen your video for Cloud Nine, and it's like a, a psychiatric situation. It looks like. Yeah, it's how Cloud Nine came about. You know, I'm I'm one of those. Uh, my dad was, uh, <laughs> you know, my dad was alpha. You know, I, growing up in my house, it, um, you know, complaining wasn't really part of it. You know, men didn't complain. They didn't cry. They just performed. They did this and that. They had to be strong. And so I think that uh, I've, I, I did a pretty damn good job escaping uh, the shrinks office for <laughs> for uh, up, up until lately. I realized that, you know, I got to talk to somebody because once you – <clears throat> once you get, uh, once you're all grown up and you have kids of your own, you've got, um, you know, busy years of your life. They're happening. Um, you're, you, you're stressed out. You got the mortgage. You have five thousand cars and three hundred thousand dogs and what have you. You know what kid, what people have, and mm. you get stressed out. You, you lose your way. Um, and then I realized that. You know, nobody wants a dad who's in a bad mood all the time. And, and um, then if you start talking about your troubles at home all the time, you kind of pour them on the uh, on your spouse and and you suffocate them with those. And that's not a good idea either. So I figured, you know, I'll, I'll go and talk to a shrink. And, and at first it was really weird. I don't know if you've ever... If you've ever been, you don't have to admit it now, you know, but I mean, if you've ever actually seen a psychiatrist, but the first time that you go in and it's kind of strange, it takes a while before you learn that process and you get comfortable enough for it to help. But, you know, I, I, I kind of got into that, to be honest with you, because I've always, I've, I love communication. I love to talk. And so that's, that's basically, uh, that's how cloud nine came about. We had this session where. I was talking about the fact that, you know, I feel that, that uh, I've been the so-called designated driver in all my relationships where I put other people's happiness or I think that or somehow um, put that in front of my own where, um, where basically uh, um, it doesn't matter if I'm happy or not as long as the people I love are. And, um, and then after that, it was a difficult session because the, that was basically the, um, the point where... 
um, he, the psychiatrist, wanted me to admit that, that you know, maybe, maybe that's one of the, one of the, uh, that's where I've gone wrong. Um, and obviously, uh, after I drove home that day, cloud nine started sort of taking shape in the car. And the chorus came to me. Um, and I got home and, and I finished the, uh, the melody. And, and then auntie sent me a poem um, a few days later and I edited the words to uh, that's how the, the the verses came about I sort of brought it all together Auntie's, auntie wrote a love song about you know an old a couple growing old together and here I was having this sort of uh, realization at the shrinks office and so it took a bit of it was like a puzzle you know to make it all fit and and, and but but I think uh, I mean I, I think it's a biased opinion but I think I did a pretty good job with that so
Round nine. It, it's super good. It came out great. I love what you did. So Ati writes the lyrics. Do you play all the instruments? Yeah, yeah, I do. I our producer Yannis Axa also plays. Um, all the guitars that you hear are played by me, and all the vocals are. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm I'm pretty protective because because um, I, I want the guitars to that that's that's my instrument. Uh, just like the vocals, that's what I do. But uh, what the what the deal that I have with Yanne is that whatever else he wants to replay or um, it. He, he's he's got the green light. He's always done a fantastic job. Usually, dance up where um, he plays roughly half of everything, and I play the other half, which is a great thing because then that's that's where you get the band feel. It's not just one person doing it all. There's a limit. There's a limit to what you can. You know, if if you do everything yourself, if all the backing vocals are you, you're going to end up. It's going to end up sounding strange. <laughs> it's it's one of the things that if you listen to the Credence uh, Credence Clearwater Revival albums, which I love, uh, you got John Fogarty doing a lot of the backing vocals as well. And uh, I mean, at at after a certain point, it, it just it doesn't sound right. You need other you know the timber of the vocals. You need other voices there to. And that's 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 what I that's what Yanni always does. I mean, we we double track all the um, we we do a Beatles double track on all the backing vocals where we sing the same part and then we just kind of blend it together, you know. Yeah. And so it's two people instead of one, and that, that's that's what makes it sound the way it does. Otherwise, it would just. I'm I'm, I'm not sure if people notice these things, but I do, and it, it sounds weird if it's all me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And even bringing women into the picture is a good thing to do, too, I think. You know, I think the uh, therapists are going to have a field day with this COVID shutdown. They've got a lot of people going out of, <laughs> going out of their freaking minds. I, mean, I, I wonder. No, I mean, it's, it's actually rather serious, isn't it? I wonder how many of them will survive. I mean, financially, it must be devastating. There will be some strange statistics, like uh, maybe less um, accidental pregnancies, or something weird, you know. I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, no, total. I mean, less, uh, less car wrecks. The air is going to be pure, at least around here. I've already heard people saying, "You know, I didn't know there was a reservoir over there. I've lived here twenty-five years, and I've never seen that far." Yeah, but isn't it weird? Like, you know, um, normal people or average people. I, I hate that that term, but <laughs> whatever it is, um, yeah. if you think, whatever it is. I mean, what people do. You think about it. Um, we we get up in the morning. We go to work. We come home from work. If we're really adventurous, we go to the mall. You know, I, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy if you think about it. A normal person's life, everyday life, you don't really find out where the reservoir is, right? It, it just, you know, it's if it's not on your way to the mall, you know, it sounds know. awful. But, but I mean, it's kind of strange. I had this conversation with uh, with one of my friends. Um, uh, you know, we were talking about the Berlin Wall, and because we had just watched a documentary about people going over the wall, and and all these, I don't know if you've seen it, it's a History Channel documentary, but all these different escape attempts and these ideas that they came up with, you know, one one couple or one family used a hot air balloon to fly over, and and everybody wanted to get out, but it's it's kind of strange to me because because if you think in terms of what an average person does is gets up in the morning, goes to work, goes goes to the mall, comes back home, takes the kids to daycare, picks them up from the daycare. You can do that anywhere. You don't need to risk your life going over the wall to the other side, possibly being unemployed and stuff. People are strange. 
um, it, it was an oppressive society, but but I mean, it wasn't the same as living in Moscow and and, and uh, bad, but you know the question is, would you go over the wall? Risk being shot. It's hard. Yeah, it's a tough call. I've never had to risk deal your with children's I... life. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's, uh, I don't know how I would react. <laughs> I might be the first guy, you know, building something, a catapult, you know, <laughs> who knows, because we react, we react differently. It's all, it's all very well now. Say like, you know, I would have, wouldn't have done that. But then, you know, usually I'm uh, probably a bit of a rebel. I'd probably be the first one to try to go over. But, <laughs> it, but it's strange. Yeah. And now we're in, well, now we have this lockdown here and, and, um, you know, it's weird. We're, we're talking to our neighbors, and this is Finland. People don't talk to one another. But, you know, there's a safe distance. You have to you have the fence between the uh, between the lots. But uh, now we're actually talking because <laughs> everybody's bored. You know, it's <laughs> like nobody's got yeah, nobody's anywhere to go. Yeah. So <laughs> it gives you an obvious uh, conversation. Oh, what do you want to talk about? Uh, not being able to talk. Okay, let's go for it. Yeah, right. Oh, that's something. Do they have a really tough curfew type situation over where you are? Yeah, I mean, um, curfew in the sense that uh, people are free to go wherever they want. Nobody's really, um, nobody's really, I mean, it's not like Italy where you have the military in the streets. But um, uh, but we did have, we, we did um, the um, Usima, which is the uh, southernmost province, they, uh, they, they did, um, with the police officers, uh, they they closed it where people couldn't get out or come in. Um, and uh, now it's been now we can just uh, I think they uh, now now we're free to go wherever we want. But for a couple of weeks, because uh, this is where the most cases were, so the idea was that we keep everybody in, and um, it's worked I think. But everybody, I think all each country deals with this. Um, in their own way, how's how, how's it in the states right now? You guys, it, it, I think we're it, we're heading in the right direction. There's lots of controversy when people get bored in the U.S. And you're probably aware of this. They all become uh, rhetorical geniuses, and they all have something to say, and they're all <clears throat> reciting statistics about you're more likely to get killed in an automobile accident going two and a half miles per hour on a Thursday morning or something, you know. And yeah, that's great. I don't know. My my idea is just ride this thing out and do what they say to do. I don't want to be responsible for anybody getting sick, so I'm okay. Yeah, I'm I've good got with the same attitude. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at Spotify, and the second song under Cloud Nine is Broken Snow. Yeah, yeah. Would you mind talking about that one? I think that's a pretty catchy tune. Well, that's my favorite. Uh, it's it's uh, it's my favorite impersonators track. Um, <clears throat> for for um, for a couple of different reasons. Um, I think number one, Janne Saksa, our producer, did a fantastic job um, with the string arrangement. I think it's got a very Phil Spectorish type of. Yeah. Uh, treatment and 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 I and I I, I love that uh, about it. It's sort of has a bit of Motown in it, yeah. um, but but definitely. I mean, I, I like my vocals on that one a lot, and and I think it just really when we were recording it, it just took shape quickly, and um, it was it was one of those easy songs to write and record. 
and probably that's why I have really great memories um, about uh, memories of doing it. But it, but it's also it, it, on a personal level. I I wrote the song in uh, I wrote the melody and the words uh, words of the chorus I wrote in Paris. Uh, I was I was vacationing there with my wife five years ago. Four years ago, no, five years ago, and uh, we were lining up to the Eiffel Tower. <clears throat> and I mean, if you ever go to Paris, by the way, that that takes a whole day. <laughs> the line, the line is long, and if it's it's a hot day, you might want to, you know, bring bring a couple of more than a couple of water bottles with you. But we were lining up. It took hours, and there was the street vendor that went from person to person. He was selling these necklaces and earrings <clears throat> that he had made himself. They're actually pretty cool. Um, they're like disfigured snowflakes. And, uh, but, but, but I mean, uh, but the guy was creepy. It was really creepy. <laughs> I don't know if it was high or something, but he went to everybody. It was, it was basically trying to sell these things. And then he ended up asking all the people one by one, like, is your heart kind? Do you have a kind heart? Is it broken? You know, and, and is your heart out of time, man? You know, it's like this old hippie. Yeah. And uh, and 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 they were I I and everybody was kind of turning <laughs> away. Um, I felt you know I felt bad for the guy. Uh, um, I and I wish I had bought one of those because they they um, no way I did actually yeah I did. Uh, um, but I wish I had bought one of the necklaces because. I bought earrings for my wife. The necklaces were super cool, but but I mean, this was a guy because you, you didn't really want to, uh, you want didn't want him hanging around you because you, know, <laughs> you you were afraid that what what is he going to say next? But I mean, the the words of the chorus are basically the the phrases that he was saying. You know, yeah. is your broken heart kind? Out of time, is your broken heart even kind? And I don't know what he meant by it, but I interpreted this as as you know when once you. When, when once you get to a certain age and you've lived long enough to, you know, have gotten your heart broken, um, and, and you've got you've gotten disappointed, um, it, you, you probably know what I mean. But at some point, you do start wondering if 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 you still give people the benefit of the doubt, in the sense that do you see people, uh, do you see them as 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 uh, as being kind. Or do you see them as being um, dangerous? And 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 so broken snow, uh, basically in my mind, it, that's what that's how I interpreted what the guy was saying, and and, and that became a statement. Last 
clouds and rain. Everybody has a story they never talk about, you know, you'd think everybody just has this happy-go-lucky life or something like that. But no, I think uh, everybody's got some sort of a, a deal and sometimes they don't know how to express it very well. So that's probably this guy who's out there. Everybody thinks he's on acid or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, maybe maybe he's the one who should have gone to therapy, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ended up being me. You know, maybe that's uh, yeah, that's where it all stopped from. You know, yeah, I'm, I got issues, man. You know, <laughs> I'm seeing a rock but, opera here. You can combine the two songs, add a couple more, <laughs> maybe get that but guy. Yeah, 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 exactly. Broken snow. I mean, and um, I. I I don't know what it is about the song. It's got a lot of energy, also. It 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 is it is. I've I've gone on record for a long time and said that it's my favorite impersonators track. And and it is Cloud Nine is a close second. I think uh, those two, they're back to back. But but Broken Snow has that memory. My my wife was pregnant with our first kid, and it was a very very happy time in my life in our lives, you know. And so. Uh, it's a it's a quaint memory. I return to that memory quite quite often. Yeah. Tell your partner, hey, great job. You guys are great. Okay, thanks. Hey, I'm 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 stoked you like our stuff. You take care. Make sure Finland's uh, doing the right thing. I don't want them reinfecting the United States. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll tell everybody that. Yeah, you know? tell Bruce Hilliard. Make sure they're broken. Yeah, make broken heart is kind. You know, don't 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 do anything that Bruce wouldn't do. You, you got know? it. Okay, that's the message for today. Thanks for having me on the show. All right, you take care. All right, cheers. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.
listening to the Better Each Day podcast radio show with Bruce Hilliard. We'll be back with a new horizon, but until then, honor the future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. And we're all just trying to make the next day a bit better. Oh,